and welcome back to another episode of Football Bloody Hell. I'm here with Gary, as always, and we're on to, what, episode eight now? Nearly hitting a milestone soon. Ten? Could uh, no. Close to ten. Will we make it? Oh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> How are you, anyway? I'm all right, mate. Well, I'm not all right, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm hot under the collar. I'm frustrated, as always. As always, there's a little underlying <laughs> anger in everything I'm doing. It so yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah, had a nice little break away, and yeah, back to it this week. It's nice. Wow. It was a nice break, other than the weather. Oh, I'm just going to moan about rain, like. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Holiday rains. Yeah. Great. I got a bit of sun. Um, I sent you a picture, and I got sunburned, didn't I? So. On yeah. the one day we had sun, I got sunburned. Although, like looking at you now, for anybody who can't that see, uh, you look, you just look normal. <laughs> yeah, it went away quick. And if anyone's yeah. noticed, actually, you're, if they're watching the pod, there's something a bit strange about our tops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me and you exactly both signed for Schalke at the yeah, same we time. Both signed for Schalke. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, sure. I do, do you know what it? Do you know what it is? I was just getting sick of seeing, like, I mean, I mean, I'm competing against the person who's got like a library of vintage football shirts, and after seven episodes, I'd maxed out all of my shirts that I got. So I went on Vinted, as sponsored by Proud of a Net Now, John. Um, yeah, went on Vinted and just yeah. looked at retro football best. shirts. There's some uh, bargains to be had on Vinted, to be honest. Yeah, there are. My wife's got obsessed with it now, and she's starting to. Uh, sell a bunch of stuff like she keeps it, dropping things off at the impost lockers just to just to get um <laughs> to sell all the kids old clothes and stuff so yeah but um yeah like it's good though to be fair i got this he, the guy ended up for like 12 quid i think so i was always getting suspect about it yeah and i bought it for seven pound 20 so here you go and i'm happy and it's a different color I, I, obviously Absolute i've got some shirts in the background <sighs> So yeah, so I bought this shirt for £7.20 of Vinted and uh, there'll be more bargains to be had. But as always, Matt, you did a fantastic introduction and we move straight away into our new segment, which is whatever I'm frustrated at this week. And this week I am frustrated massively at two things. So which would you like? The, the, the Because I'm... Uh, do you want the most I'm... Uh, angry at or the second most angry thing? Let's do the second most angry thing first, and then you can full on rant for the sec- for the angry thing. Roadworks. Oh yeah, don't we understand. All roadworks. Yeah, yeah. So there's roadworks outside my house, which I can kind of understand because it's it's a new estate and things need to be done. But it's gas works, and it's like, well, how can on a brand new estate, how do you need to do the gas works again? When there was nothing there in the first place, and you've obviously f- done it and got the infrastructure in place for us to move in. So what are you doing? And then when you come out of my estate and go to the bottom of the road and then turn left, there's roadworks again. <laughs> and it's to, it's next to like a, a school that's been built that's been open for like six months to a, nearly a year, I think. It feels like that anyway, but I just don't get it. And then you go down, you go down the motorway, which I very rarely do, but when you do go on the motorway, and it's like, how the fuck is this still under construction? Like, the A1's <laughs> been under construction since I've been alive, and nothing changes. Yeah. Had... We're exactly the same around here, mate. 
roadworks. Fucking annoying, man. Like, it's just... And like you're talking about, and I'm gonna get, I'm getting political. I keep trying to keep politics out of it, right? And and this, I'm not even really angry about this. The other thing I'm really angry about. So can you imagine <laughs> how fucking pissed off I am at that? But I just don't get how through COVID, obviously we shut down for a bit, and then it was lockdown, the social distancing. Every time you go on the motorway or a road work, nobody's next to each other, and nobody's doing anything. There's not even anybody there. <laughs> so what are they doing? Like we're paying for this. They put our council tax up for this and like all your infrastructure locally then your road tax and then your taxes anyway these contracts are just getting bought again companies coming back under a new name getting resold the contracts again and nothing happens nothing changes and nothing gets better yeah no i know what you mean <sighs> i know what you mean fully aware of road works hate them <sighs> hate just, them we've we've got nobody like, likes them but just do something like, about them like Sometimes we have them like just in the middle of nowhere. Like you're driving like through <sighs> some country road, and then all of a sudden there's temporary traffic lights, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> it's just like, oh, mate, what are they like, doing here? On- honestly, nothing. And I'm not it's- even that pissed off about that. <laughs> What's the thing you're fully pissed off about, then, Gary? Taylor Swift. She can <laughs> go fuck general, herself. Like, her and we're going to have to put a disclaimer on this podcast because I can feel. I can feel. The, the swearing content, so we'll probably just have to demonetize anything or whatever. Oh. But my God, I, there must be a better system for buying tickets to a highly, a, like an artist who's highly in demand. Like, so granted, she's probably the biggest or one of the biggest artists in the world on the planet Earth, but you had to register for an opportunity to get pre sale. So not to guarantee you're a ticket in pre-sale, but to just get you into oh, a bunch right. of people who could get pre-sale. So in the queue. So we missed register for the queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, getting early access into the queue. Yeah. Which was full of thousands and thousands of people anyway. So then, did that, and then this morning you had to go online and queue, which is the most bizarre thing. Like I, I had to go online to queue for something, in advance of it going live, which is already on pre-sale. So I queued for the queue, got through, and then finally waited. And they said, oh, the, the email address is invalid. And I'm like, well, it is because you've sent me this link. Why do you need to validate the link? I've got a code. It's unique. Like, what? And then finally got through, finally got into the queue for waiting, got to the point of getting tickets. And then the tickets that come up, if they're not suitable for you, you can, you've got to release the tickets and go back to the ticket options yeah. But that doesn't work, so you've got to refresh it. And oh, then when you refresh it and it comes up with queue. tickets, it's a, you go back into a queue, but into the section where you're selecting tickets, so not right to the back of the queue, just to the queue to get back into selecting the tickets. And when you select the tickets, it's like live. So if you put one, it shows you an option, but the more tickets trying to put you together, obviously it changes. So it's a live like ticketing system. Yeah. So then when you update it, the options drop down to say, oh, well, there's only these areas available. So when you click to buy, it says, oh, oh, no tickets. And I say, well, why the fuck are you showing us? <laughs> like, what, the, what is the point in this? What is the point? And then because you have to, you either then have to release the tickets or refresh the page. But because I've went round in that thing, because round in that cycle, because there's not enough, um, there's not enough tickets in that area or they're not suitable for us. It then flags up and says, oh, uh, to protect the real fans of Taylor Swift, um, we've we've detected your session as potentially one of being a bot, 
please log in using a different device. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I meant to do that? So how this is twice it? now this happened. How does it detect you being a bot? No, 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 no. So this is on the same browser. So I, did, I purposely didn't go on different devices at the same time. Yeah. And I refreshed the, 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 the page where the tickets are. And then all that comes up after I must have refreshed it about 10 times because they kept bringing up tickets that I didn't need or want. So I had to release them. Then it would freeze. So I had to refresh it. It was like, oh, you're a, you must be a bot because you've not bought any of the tickets and we keep refreshing that were it, yeah. available. So that's twice now I've had to do that. And I, I, there's one more chance tonight. At, well, I say tonight, this afternoon at three o'clock. But the most thing I'm pissed off about is it's so blatantly like it's obviously the website's under like stress and whatever because of the bandwidth yeah. of people coming through. But it's so blatantly being dictated by the ticket company because every time you get a ticket, the only consistent option there, which is probably also because not a lot of people can afford it or would want to pay it, but the top bracket ticket I could get, which is £662 per ticket. Wow. Isn't that fucking obscene? That like, is obscene, yeah. I thought tickets I, for these things should be about, what, 50 quid? Maybe a little bit more if you... Well, I think the cheapest ticket I saw was like 58 quid, so that would be like either sitting in I the mean, gods or like... that's reasonable, isn't it? Like you think, get like... it. I, I, I would pay 100 quid. I'd pay 100 quid a ticket while I was going to. I was going to end up paying £125 per ticket if I could get the like some together, but I haven't. But 600... Like, how... From Taylor Swift, like... From some, and I, I don't know how much of it is marked up by the ticketing company because I, it's the, demand, it's though, isn't it? They they got this thing. Ah, it's priced on demand. They can they can price on demand, which is disgusting to be honest. It is but like, it's just I I look at that and I'm thinking, my god, like six like six hundred and sixty pounds a ticket, and she's not even the worst for it. Beyonce yeah. apparently did it, and it was like a grand per ticket. And yeah. you're like, you know what it is, right? How much money have you got? And I know she's all been about like I'm doing our remasters and stuff like that. But I would love to know how much she gets revenue per ticket off each ticket. I can't imagine she gets a lot of the tickets. I imagine it a lot. Well, that's how artists make their money now, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like um, off their masters and um, touring. in their right mind afford that in the current Well, they can it. Like, well, I mean, some people can, but like... Ticket, like, a lot of people, that's most of their wages <laughs> for a month. I know it's, it's just in, uh, it's insane, but the reason I'm so pissed off at it. A couple of weeks, yeah, yeah, that... yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason I'm so pissed off is it just like there's got to be a better way of doing it. There's yeah. got to be a better way than just doing this. Not just the pricing, just purely on. I think getting onto just... the site. Yeah, I think the pricing t- side of things. They should do flat fees for like certain areas, like they do with, they used to do, and then it's just based on availability. Rather than demand, because demand just it, you get someone who's paid, who's first to the first in the queue when they get the ticket for like forty quid, and then the person sat next to them could have paid like two grand or something like this, and you think that's insane. But the reason I mentioned tickets prices as well is not just because I've literally before we started recording this podcast, so I've got all the anger and all the. But the, 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 the even worse than that is like people have got the tickets who've waited in queues and done it and then they're scalping them straight away yeah. and it's like you haven't even got the ticket do you know what i mean like yeah i know you've literally just bought it a minute ago and you marked the price up by another 300 quid like there's tickets online now for about 800 quid and you're like 
it's, well, it's scum that like I, I think like ticket scalping is probably one of the worst things you can do. Like people who have genuinely bought it and later on in the down the line you kind of go oh, fair enough that can't be avoided. But like the Why reason I mentioned tickets so much for higher money. Like, yeah, yeah. The reason I mentioned tickets is as well is um, I don't know if you saw, but did you see the Sheffield Wednesday ticket prices? Yep. <laughs> they are ridiculous. How can... I think for, the, for a team in the championship, that is insane. I saw we what we had about was it nine or ten categories as well. Now, I guarantee mm. you the ones the the lower end categories, none of them will be used at all this season, at all. Nah. And you think like most of them are going to be A, B, C, and then the occasional D fixture, and then the rest is just obsolete. And I think they just put those rest ones in. We do do cheap t- tickets. Yeah, yeah. None of the games are going to be these. Maybe a preseason friendly against like Stocksbridge or something like that. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's, but other than that, it's it's going to be oh yeah, it's ridiculous. A few of my mates just... sent me sent me it as well and went, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> I mean, for for somebody who like obviously you're you're a supporter of the club and that, but. Um... Somebody who is outside of the Sheffield area and the commute alone in terms of cost of that, and then seeing that slapped, it just kind of prices anybody out of the Sheffield area yeah. out of a ticket. Yeah, it's the, like for me anyway. I mean, not a lot of our games, especially away games, you can't get a ticket from an away game because mm. I need to be a season ticket holder. I'm not because I live so far away. And then also, we tend to fill our allocation for away games straight away. It's like in a blink of an eye. But then the mm-hmm. home tickets now, because they're so expensive, yeah, it prices me out completely going up there. But then also, just... as well, it's just you think, I would go to a home game as well, but our home games tend to sell out as well. So I don't know really. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I don't know. Like, I don't think the... that. What's, what sort of prices are the other teams in the league? Well, that's what I was going to say as well, because I, I haven't seen anything, but has Sheffield come back or the owner came back with any of the uh, criticism or like anything to kind of accommodate? I haven't because... seen anything. But like when when you look at how our, our ticket prices were when we were last in the championship, they were the same. They were high, yeah, ridiculously high. So here we go. So Plymouth Argyle, for instance, £25 for an adult. Mm. The the reason I asked is, and it's like obviously like a Yorkshire area as well, is because um, Leeds released their ticket pricing and there was hell on. And like the Leeds um, fan groups, I don't know what the names are, but the Leeds fan group, I've got it noted down, um, the pricing. Um kicked off basically with the club um because initially we we're going to be charging either 47 quid or 45 quid for an away game if you're an adult so which is majority of your fan base 45 quid for an away game well 47 sorry 47 quid per away game but then after the kickoff um there was a lot of lash like kind of uh, criticism and kickback from the fan groups and uh, Leeds United Supporters Club told their members that the club have now agreed to reduce the away ticket prices for clubs who agreed to charge the same in the reverse fixture. So 
basically what they're doing is is that they're now going to work with all the other clubs that they're going to and saying, well, for example, what they've done for Cardiff is they've said, well, if you only charge Leeds United fans 25 quid, we'll only charge Cardiff City fans 25 quid, which, so for, which Cardiff have agreed yeah. to do. So it just it just makes you think like uh, clubs are just taking a piss now, like and that, that I just think like again because I'm angry. I'm just looking at all the negative things today. This is an angry episode, Matt. <laughs> like Sunderland released their football shirts in the most ridiculous way. Like for all we've got things right on the pitch. Like I I was always like kind of like glass half full with the club on the out off off the off the pitch being run because it's like. I just felt like Southern fans always wanted to find something to be annoyed with. And when you couldn't put it at the club, at the players, sorry, they were looking at the club's wrongdoings, like the ticket in office. So we've just changed from um, physical tickets to electronic. And it's just kind of disregarded a bunch of fans who potentially yeah. need a harder ticket. And that they're not really doing a lot to support that. And the methodology is very much, it, it seems a bit ageist because it's not supporting the older, uh, older generation of people. And then, just just to go back to my point, sorry, they the released the kits because we took the website down for two weeks. I mean, what championship club takes the club website down for two weeks in preparation for the shirts getting launched? No, for whatever right. reason, we've, we, we, we ditched the company who was, we'd outsourced it to, and then they've released all of the kits and stuff, um, and it just seemed like a bit of a botch job. People like them, and obviously they seem like nice kits regardless. And the price of them is like 60 quid and you think, right, okay, that's quite expensive for a shirt. But then they've started doing like more retro wear. And for a Nike Gilet with that badge, you can't see it. If you, sorry, if you can't see it, it's the old Sunderland badge oh, the with the, the, uh, the warship, the ship on the top. Yeah, yeah. So that's stitched on. How much do you think a Gilet, a Nike Gilet with a Sunderland badge on, how much do you reckon? Well, knowing prices of all this stuff, because I look at these things regularly and I reckon... You're looking at nearly hundred quid. Close, hundred and sixteen pound. Yeah, a hundred and sixteen pound. I was just like, and the sad thing is, is that obviously, people like, people are people are going to buy it, and it's like necessarily the people probably can't afford it, but then it's pressure from the kids and all that kind of stuff, and want to support the club. And I just looked at the, my brother sent us a picture of the actual gilet from Nike, and a full price at seventy quid. So you're telling me it's like nearly 50 quid to stitch a badge on. It's like, come on. It's just like how I wonder, like, I always think this as well. When you're like, as you get older, you start to realize things. Because when you're younger, you don't really care. It's like same with politics and stuff. You're like, is politics more popular now than it ever has? Or is it just that we've got older, so it becomes more of a facet of your life? Yeah, I think so. I just think with clubs now, I just feel like they're taking the piss. And like in the context of the world now where there's like a cost of living crisis and that's always sh shoved down your throat and all this, you just think, where's the clubs trying to support the fans? Because the fans have supported clubs through COVID, but now the fans and stuff are in dire straits because like Sunderland, most fat football fans, the working class game, or we say it is, they're struggling. And I just think they're just taking the eyeballs out of fans and then yeah. you see it, it's not just Sunderland it's obviously Sheffield it's Leeds it's 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 everywhere I think it's ridiculous to be fair because I've just I've just found a couple of clubs just to do a bit of comparison to Sheffield Wednesday's ticket prices mm -hmm. so obviously Plymouth Argyle just promoted with us they actually won the league so yeah yeah, yeah. 25 quid 
25 to 28 pounds per ticket for an adult anywhere right ours is mm -hmm. ranging from what 40 to 60 right mm -hmm. liverpool right they've released their ticket prices main stand ticket like right at the front 60 quid right to sit uh -huh. in the cop is 40 pound <sighs> to sit in sheffield wednesday's cop is 45 pound <laughs> it just makes you think though like it's cheaper what... to go and watch liverpool than it is to watch sheffield wednesday and now <sighs> that is yeah good luck getting a liverpool ticket but still <laughs> yeah i know what you mean it's ridiculous but, like but just to put that into you can, you can... we've only just been promoted <laughs> to the championship it's not like we're in the championship yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that you can understand an increasing cost right yeah because you think maybe there's more there's more fans coming, so it might mean more match day costs to accommodate for, more staff, that kind of thing, because you're going to get larger followings. But it's the, the, the jump in increase. It's like, what, 15, it's, well, near 15, 20 quid mm. increase from last season. It's like, nah, yeah. like, wh wh where's that cost? And there's no effort from clubs now to kind of justify it. It's just like, right, well, there's it's inflation is this, so we need to make that, we're just doing that. There's no kind of middle ground because although you if they changed it by a fiver people would be annoyed like if you change anything you're going to be annoyed there's definitely be a... the same it would have been fine like i mean I, I just... the thing is though it's like you have to obviously we've got a relatively sized ground like do we need to if you priced them like let's say what 10 15 quid cheaper than they are at the moment you're going yeah. to sell out aren't you and you're probably going to make yeah. more money than putting them so expensive yeah, I just I don't I just feel like games next year if they can if they don't pull this back anyway. So I just feel like the game's getting further and further away. Like it's just, it's like Sunderland haven't really been that bad, and they announced that they were going to be more expensive. But then it's just daft stuff like commercially wise, who made the decision to go with this company who couldn't release our shirt on time and had to shut the website down for two weeks, stopping any sales at all. It's fun, isn't it? It's just mental, man. Uh, but then when I saw the Taylor Swift tickets and stuff, it just got us riled up. And then I started looking at all the pricing of the increases. And I saw mm. Sheffield and Leeds were probably the two that were most talked about. Uh, but it's good that Leeds fair play to them for actually trying to listen and make adjustments. But it's just, yeah, no, something's got to stop, Matthew. <laughs> something's got to stop. <laughs> Not a No, we're just going to make it really fucking expensive for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like... Right, should we? Yeah, uh, right. I, I tell you what, right. Let's get. Let's take a quick break. I'll settle down. I'll come back happier. Now, now the venom. Now the venom is out. I have actually got some stuff I would like to talk about with you. So, cool. thanks for listening to that rant. <laughs> we like a good rant at the start of the pod, anyway. I say the start. Yeah, we 20, 20, 30, 25 minutes in or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was only meant to be an intro, but then yeah. <laughs> Fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> let's go to a break. And we're back. Indeed, How are you yeah. feeling, Matt? How are you yeah. feeling? I've calmed down. Let's put it this way. My wallet won't be very calm if I go to a Sheffield Wednesday game this year. The other half will be will be calm. But um speak yeah. spe spe speaking of which, on the kind of theme of money, it was nice to see um 
a transfer story. I don't know if you saw it uh, on Twitter or <laughs> on breaking news in Sky Sports, which it wasn't. I'm just hearing the mic. <laughs> but um, there was a big, big transfer for a club in the seventh tier of the Scottish League. Did you happen to see this? No, well, I haven't, no. So, Johnstormburg FC are yep. in the seventh tier of the Scottish Football League. And none other than Kyle Lafferty has signed for them. <laughs> wow. That's a signing. Now, I know him from Sunderland. I know he played for Rangers most part. Like, that's probably where he's most known for. Who did he play for abroad again? He played for quite a big team. Uh, um, let me... You'll have to have a look. I'm sure he played for a team abroad, but I can't remember. But whilst you're looking at it to validate it, um, I don't know if he is clueless or he still thinks he's got a skin in the game like quite to quite a high level because I'll, re- I'll read it out so this is the club announcement okay yeah. so Johnston Mer- <laughs> yeah 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 he's, and now he's in a Dover show yeah. <laughs> uh, we are delighted to announce the signing of Northern Ireland's uh, centre-forward Kyle Lafferty on a two-year contract subject to international clearance, which I think it has now. Mm. Kyle, who has 89 caps and has 20 goals for his country, joins us following a season where we spent the first part with Kilmarnock FC in the SF, uh, SPFL before joining Linfield FC for the second part. As well as having two stints at Rangers where he played in the UEFA Champions League and won the Scottish Premier League, Kyle has also uh, turned... There we go. There's the shirt. Linfield FC. Matt's holding it up. Um, it, he also had spells at Hearts, Norwich, Sunderland, FC Sion and Regina. That's who I was thinking of. He played for Palermo. Uh, we had, well. Just... well, there you go. I knew there was a bigger team as well. It's, uh, and, um, the uh, He's looking forward to joining the squad. Jamie added, I'm delighted Kyle has chosen to join us. We met him several times to try and sell him the project and I'm delighted that he has bought into it. Uh, he will be huge on and off the pitch and I can't wait to see him in action with his teammates. Now, undeniably, that's a coup, that's a coup for them. Like The fact yeah. that they've been able to get a Northern Irish international who's played in Europe come to their club. Uh, it reeks of something for me, and I smell something a little bit off. But just because, like, he said that he had offers from. Um, so he's only thirty-five, isn't he? He's yeah, not... he's. He said he had offers from League One and some. It was like League One, League Two, or Championship and League One. And I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> I think, and he said that, and I think the reason I think it's bullshit, it's because of this term that's now used for anybody signing for Newcastle, anybody going to the Saudi league is project. Going for the project. Are you balls? You're purely signing for money and it was the (laughs) best financial offer or there was a reason that you, yeah, there's a reason you signed for the seventh tier club in Scotland. So, so I've got a, I got a similar story. So I followed <laughs> some of the um, sort of non-league football from like the Bournemouth area from when I used to live there. Yeah. There's a club called Bournemouth Manor. They play in the Dorset Football League Division 2, which to put any sort of like perspective on that, 
it's tier like what are we saying it's 12 13 or something like this so it's yeah. right, it's like pub public football right uh-huh they've just signed james hater james hater why do i know the name you would know the name <laughs> because he made over 350 appearances for AFC Bournemouth. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Why do I know that name? He retired in 2018. He's come out of retirement to go and play for Bournemouth Manor. <laughs> oh, really? Ex-professional footballer, yeah. Wow. I mean, fair play, though, Mike, if he feels like... Fitness? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just is it like is he just like oh. <laughs> imagine like being like oh do you know what like I can't be bothered to run I, like exercise let's just go and go semi professional let's just decide oh, like oh yeah I'm just gonna it's go not even that though it he will pay to play at that level <laughs> oh yeah true <laughs> I'm at level yeah even still even still but I I saw I saw the Kyle Lafferty thing and I was like. I just wondered what you thought on it because I just thought, yeah. I mean, he's got a bit of a checkered past as well. So I was like, does he does he want to leave the area? Yeah. So probably not. So with Carl Lafferty, though, you have to think that in the space of three years, so well, four years, you could probably say he's had mm-hmm. three, six, nine different clubs. Mm. So he moved from Rangers to Sparksburg to Sunderland to Regina to Kilmarnock to Anathorsis Famagusta. Back to Kilmarnock, to Linfield, to Johnsonburg. That Linfield, like Kilmarnock, the Linfield is in the same season and all. Yeah, and you think he's not the only team he played more than ten games for was Kilmarnock. So clearly he's he's running around, he's running out of money, and he's finding the biggest deal when <laughs> he he gets well, it's like nine, Mike... nine ten games and goes, well, someone else is offering me more money. I'm going to go there. So <laughs> in the 2021 season, he had four different teams. He played five games. Uh, you lot. <laughs> I know he was. Oh man, it was a Phil Parkinson. To be fair, if I've seen, maybe that was the club he was talking about in League Two. Maybe uh, what you call him, Phil Parkinson, was reaching out to him, uh, sign because like oh, he well, signed yeah. so many players for Sunderland, and then they're all playing. They were all playing for Wrexham. Like Callum McFadden, what a like, what an idiot he was. He was rubbish. But then, but Not yeah, I, 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 yeah, I genuinely just, think. I don't know if Johnsonburg have got money behind them. I, I'm going to look at their ground just to see if it's eligible to be promoted up into the... <laughs> the like, because like, yeah. it probably is. Um, if we go to the speak... Scotland League First Division. So they're not oh, even well. the West of Scotland League Premier League. Nah. So, but apparently, like, I don't. I'm going to have to look into the club a bit more because the, there is like this project that they're, they're, they're kicking on with um, and it's about getting them promoted through the leagues. But like, if you were that, like, if you were that committed to it and they've blown you away, well, surely you would sign more than a two-year deal. But then again, it's whether or not the clubs well, can budget for it and stuff. Yeah, you would have thought because they need to technically promote it this season into the, uh, the West of Scotland Premier League. They'll need to be the next season. They would need to win the West of Scotland Premier League, then win a playoff. Mm win that playoff and also get ground grading <laughs> to get promoted to what the, um, it would be the Lowland Football League at that point. And then the Lowland League, they have to win 
the Lowland League, also get ground grading, get an FS, SFA license, and also have a playoff <laughs> against the Highland League winners. And then if they beat them, play off against the bottom of the league in League Two to actually get promoted. Is that so all? You need, you need at least <laughs> 10 years <laughs> for him to go anywhere. To be Basically, uh, you have to win every league and have a lot of luck. <laughs> honestly, man. That's insane. And it, then it's one... a bottleneck like that. They say there's yeah. promotion relegation from the Scottish lower leagues. It's just a bottleneck. Complete bottleneck. Well, the only other transfer I wanted to talk about, which is really like, I found really funny, is um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, I think it's a Singapore league, but uh, we had a centre half in Bailey Wright, um, oh, yeah. legend. Like you can tell, he's like mint, like mint crack to have around, and was a good player for us. Like it wasn't just like one of those players who was like, oh, he's a good lad, let's keep him kind of thing. Like when we signed him, he was like quintessential in the team, and um. He got injured and then he came back and then was in and out of the team and um, he, he he went on loan to Rotherham towards the back end of the season and um, I don't think he's had much luck with um, debuts like because I'm pretty sure that he's <laughs> so when he went to Rotherham last season on loan um, on his debut he got concussion like completely knocked himself out. <laughs> <laughs> And then he signed for Lion City Sailors FC uh, in the Singapore League. Announced it and stuff like I'd look like really heartfelt goodbyes to the Sunderland fans because he's a bit of a fan favourite. So <laughs> one of our fa- uh, fan forums wrote a report, uh, tweeted out like his um, debut, and it was thirty-two minutes red card. The Sailors go down to ten men after Bailey's right dismissal. <laughs> we trail nil one. <laughs> What a debut, son. Concussion in a red card. Come on. Who was it? Is Was it uh, Jonathan Woodgate, his famous um, debut for Real Madrid, where he got sent off, scored an own goal? Aye. Right, yeah. Bad eye. He oh. had a torrid time at Real Madrid, though, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. And good, good, like, good player as well. Just like It's funny when you see like transfers, but... It, uh, uh, that's a, that's all, one of the episodes we should do as well. Like Transfers that were like... The like like touted at the time for like massive massive transfer and then total flop and then like ones that have come back as well because the one that springs to my mind is Luka Modric being voted worst player uh, a worst sign of the, the Liga season which was like back in the two thousands <laughs> or whatever and ah uh, uh, yeah but well, I mean he was he, he wasn't very good in his first season then obviously he's just been he's I mean he's still amazing now. People look at those lists and stuff and think, Christ, I'd love to look, I'd love to like look at, um, like dedicated episode where we go back and see like the best to worst signings rated throughout the league seasons. Yeah. And then we, we should, we should do a prediction episode for this season as well because there's loads of teams making moves like yeah, Birmingham City, right? Since they've got new owners, like they're, they've signed so many good players at the minute. They've just like we've do. got Dion Sanderson. So the new season starts in August, doesn't it? And then, yeah. You think maybe we should do a early prediction video, and then one just before the season starts, mm-hmm. right? And then stick with our predictions, and then come back to them at the end of the season and see how shit we. <laughs> I think you'll do better than predictions than me. I don't know. I maybe, maybe not. Maybe the lower down leagues. I might, but they're so unpredictable. Some of these leagues. I think it's easier yeah. to predict the higher divisions. 
But it's, like you look at the, the thing they're saying about clubs, and this is what I, we'll go for a short break, and this is where I would like to take the conversation next to is just like looking at clubs and how quickly things can change with like the right or wrong ownership. Yeah. Because you look at Birmingham now, so just before we go into the break, we'll touch upon this is just that you look at Birmingham, who have been in dire straits for God knows how long, and yeah. then they've pulled off like a new owner, and the new owner's made five signings, and then you've got Tyler Roberts, Bielik, Ethan Laird, Sakiri um, Dembele, and Kyoji Moshi as well, Miyoshi. Yeah. And you're like, they couldn't like string a team together in under embargo, and then it's just, yeah, it's just mad. But if we take a quick short break, as you like to say, sure, and yeah. then we'll come back and start talking about some ownership of clubs. Indeed. And welcome back after that short little shit, lit shit, <laughs> short little break. <laughs> Whatever it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever it was, I lost Matt, yeah. all my vocal cords then. So, yeah. <laughs> welcome back. So, yeah, I think we've got a few more things. We're going to touch on a few of um, owners, ownership. Is that what you were going to say, Gary? Ownership, yeah. So, I don't know, just before we like, took a quick break, was um, we talked about like how quickly owners can change your club and that's not like me saying like oh it's, it's a surprising thing it's just generally it's like it's it's crazy how it tells so much when the ownership of a club is good or bad yeah and the reason for that now is just looking underneath the surface i don't know if you caught the efl statement on barnsley oh so, i briefly saw it yeah so, Barnsley Football Club have been charged with multiple breaches of EFL regulations, so failing to provide uh, the league with correct and or complete information regarding the beneficial ownership of shares in the club, um, failing to provide the league with the necessary notifications regarding the ownership position at the club, failing to publish accurate information on the club's website concerning the ultimate owners of this significant interest in the club, uh, allowing individuals to acquire a position of control without prior clearance from the EFL, and finally, um, failing to act towards the league with the utmost good faith. So, after being on the brink of the championship, uh, obviously, maybe. But again, like you look at Barnsley and you think like that yo-yo thing, and it, just, it must just be mismanagement. And then you look at how shady stuff like that is. But then you look at like, like I say, we just touched upon Birmingham about how like on the from the offset, like trying to get owners because um, Maxi Lopez when he tried to buy the club, the the, the, the pulled the plug and the EFL were all over that because it just was stinking. And then Maxi Lopez and the guy with him trying to take over the club with them got sanctions for it as well. You look at Barnsley, didn't necessarily see that coming, but then yeah, just I don't know. Like I always think now, and it always takes me back to like and sorry before i go into that and there was another item that i saw which i'm kind of pissed off about as well because i don't get how this can be allowed but wolverhampton wanderers have secured a hundred million or it's 99 million but a hundred million government loan to help with cash flow at the club yeah you think well how can a football club go to the government get that much of a loan to keep the club going I when the club's foreign was... like a foreign owner like 
I didn't think that was um, allowed within the rules. But I just don't. I don't get. I mean, I suppose a club can take out a loan. Like, yeah, there's, maybe there's, it's there's no rules like that. But then the fact that it's been taken out with it's the fact that it's been taken out with the government, and I'm just like, well, hang on a minute. Like, how can the government just sanction a loan for a hundred million to a football club because it's got cash flow issues? Yeah, but and it it always roots back to. And like just to bring it full circle, and this isn't planned anyone, this is just me speaking out loud now. <laughs> but if you go back to the start of the podcast, if we skip back to it, and you talk about clubs taking the piss out of fans, like this is just another example of it. Like the only people who will suffer from this now are the fans. Because you've got now Barnsley fans who are like going, Well, where's that gonna leave us? How much is the fine gonna be? Is it gonna be a points deduction? Is that potentially gonna lead to another relegation? Uh, I say another relegation, just not as in like they've come down again, but like they've come down from the championship previously, and then are they going yeah. to drop through the league again? Are they financially going to be able to recover because like the difference, like the top end of League One to like being point having points deduction, like look at Wigan, like it's, it's, it's like, in the fans. It's just the fans who constantly get the shit because they're not punishing the owners. All they do is is punishing the fans. Yeah, look at Bury, I mean, look at Bury yeah. now. We had um, points deductions through to our owner. It was our owner that refinanced the stadium illegally to make <laughs> it look like we um, passed FFP. Same happened to Derby. <sighs> points deductions got us relegated. Like fans don't have, they just have to sort of put up with it. It seems it's. But like, do, does the owners does it push the game more towards fan ownership? It like, does, I think. Yeah. Like that fifty plus one thing, like that they do in mm. Germany. I, mm. I think, I think it does push it more that way because then the fans sort of have, they're accountable then. So if the club does get points deductions for financial reasons, or it's it's not just the fans suffering, but they've caused it. <laughs> like, mm. You can't blame anyone else, can you? Really? Like we can't if, pick our owner. owners. You can't yeah, blame like, anyone else. We can't pick our owner, like. You just can't. So it's like, well, how how are the club? How are the fans and the club itself then penalised because of a points deduction? It's just like I think the EFL it, it just, really it doesn't make sense to us. Even if you look at the things like Luton had like years ago, they had thirty points deducted. Thirty. Yeah. And you think like that's insane, isn't it? Bournemouth around the same time had a. I think it was about 18 points they had deducted. Yeah. You think, like, huge points deductions. Does that help a club or are you just killing it off? I, I feel like the EFL would prefer a club to not exist so they don't have to deal with them rather mm. than, like, um, help them out in any shape or form. They go, yeah, we've this... given you, you've, you've done these due diligence checks on your owner. They're fine. Five years down the line, he's pissing money out of the club and they're going tits up and they're like okay it's loads of points deductions fuck off we don't want you like, that, yeah, it's like that's what it seems but there's like. no there's no there's, there's no evidence to the contrary either because yeah. like every club it's where where was the last time you seen an owner like actually the, the only time i've actually seen an owner penalized or sanctioned was roman abramovich yeah and that's because there was a fucking war on and there still is and it's like is that what it's going to take like and again, I'll go back to it in, well, currently, 
uh, hopefully in the future we do get some Newcastle fans listening in, in this because I want the podcast to grow. Yes, yeah. but like it's new. If you look at Newcastle, their their fan base now are like, oh well, it's because it's us. It's Newcastle. It's not uh, blah, 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 blah. like it's okay for Man City. It's fucking not. It's criminal the whole thing. And like you look at it now. And there's there's always going to be people who break the rules in anything, any walk yeah. of life, not just football. Anything people look to manipulate or like get an unfair advantage to benefit themselves. But the stuff that's going on now with the Saudi league, it's criminal. Like, you, yeah. like there's so much stuff put onto Red Bull and and how they do it. And like, look at Watford. Like Watford have been getting away for it for years with their Udinese links and stuff, and just yeah. filtering players and moving them around. It's fuck. It's cheating. Who was it? And Newcastle it? now and Chelsea. How 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 can how can a team in the Saudi Arabian League, which is basically funded by PIF and the Saudi government, how can they buy a Newcastle player? And the reason I mention this is uh, Saint Maximan's the latest person to be linked to a Saudi Arabian, Saudi Arabian League. Yeah, they're essentially, they're just swapping players, aren't they? They're, 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 players they're basically they own. They're just they're just moving the money around. So they're moving money to try and sign Harvey Barnes, and it's like I am annoyed because we don't have the luxury of being able to do that. So there's that part of us as well. But then you just think of the whole competition. You think like it's just I, fucking shit, man. Yeah, because I think this is really bizarre. So I feel like those bigger clubs that have all the money in the fucking world, they seem to get away with a lot of these things. But then, if even if you look at UEFA, they released. They said they've investigated Aston Villa, Brighton, and Toulouse, and they've been cleared mm. by UEFA to play in Europe next year. <laughs> and do you know why? Because they have ties to teams that also qualified for European competitions. Mm. Man City own half the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> How have they not been cleared to play? And it's it's again again well, it, the only the, when when all of this stuff comes out about man they looked into. Well, it was though, you know, it was, and it's just at the yeah. end of the day that we were saying about piracy and stuff, and I don't know, and it's just that that's why I, I always say like shame on Newcastle because like the, the amount of fans who actually pushed for a, 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 to be cut like they denied that they ran by the country, which is just bollocks. I wish they would just it's own it and say, well, so fuck. Yeah, yeah, just to say, like, oh, so fuck, we are. Yeah, we can't do anything about that. It's like they got a monopoly in the Saudi League as well, haven't they? So the top four yeah. teams, the most successful four teams and the best four teams are all owned by the same people that happen to own Newcastle. <laughs> and you just think, yeah. how how can you have all... It's, imagine the top six or eight in the Premier League all being owned by the same person. I know. That would, would there be any competition? They just pick and choose who wins the league, don't they, essentially? At that point. And then here's a question <laughs> for you. Here's a question for you then. So yeah. h- how do you judge a good owner? Because that's what I'm talking about now. So like, so if you asked a Newcastle fan and just asked them about what they're doing for the club, they've, they've invested heavily in the squad. They've invested heavily in the infrastructure of the club. They plan to invest more. It's not just a case of spending billions on players like obviously their their, their training ground's been revamped yeah. and stuff they've just signed Tonali so there's other things in there as well they've got them into the Champions League which they haven't done in what since the 90s and yeah. then still haven't won anything but like there's still time for that that'll probably come but asking Newcastle fan that they'll go well yeah they're, they're great ownership but then then it comes into well 
they're technically cheating. Yeah. And it's an unfair advantage, which you can all you can say that about Man United's got an unfair advantage because of their legacy and history. But then the human rights stuff comes into it. But then should that be brought into football? And for me personally, it is always a conflict because I'm a Sunderland supporter, so I'm always going to see the negative in Newcastle. Yeah. But you as a neutral, as much as you can be, how do you see like their ownership in as well as not just Newcastle, but like the Chelsea's, the Man City's, that Saudi ran? Like, what, what's yours? What's your I, thoughts I on do it? Th- I do think, like, yeah, it's probably good. It's a it's a play thing for these people, isn't it? Until they sort of get bored. Like I, that's what I feel. But then also, mm-hmm. it's it's also like it it's killing competition, in my opinion. A lot of mm-hmm. these, like they they've got unlimited amounts of money, and it's come from questionable sources. Mm-hmm. I mean, what football is a competition and a sport at the end of the day. Like it's it's killing it. Like we can't compete with that. Sheffield Wednesday, no way can we compete with that. We got no hope just... of competing with that, like ever, unless it happens to us. But then you think, is it good for the game? Probably not, because what will happen is those rich clubs will get richer, the smaller clubs will get smaller, and then you'll have a league of like four teams because all the others have gone out of business. Yeah. <laughs> and because owners. Because the other owners that don't have as much money as these ones that are sports washing mm-hmm. or illegally pumping funds into the into these clubs and everything, then they try to keep up and then get themselves in trouble. And mm-hmm. that's where you see you'll see more clubs start to go under purely because they're just trying to keep up with these ones that you can't keep up with because they're breaking the rules constantly. It is, I know they've got they've got the the revenue the revenues have been the, yeah sorry the, the like they say the revenues have been changed now into the EFL and I just think that's I suppose that's good it's well overdue but then I just think like what are we playing for like what what yeah. what is our aim now because to get into the Premier League I mean you, you always say never say never but what's it, like my brother always says it always and he says what's another billionaire in the Premier League it's, yeah like. Does it matter? No, not really. But it's just. But then I, I, I've had it like not because we're just the playoffs. Like we went out in the playoffs and stuff. But like we played the best football we played in a long time. Probably the best I can remember, really, in terms of style of play. And we happen to be relatively successful. And we've got something in our model at Sunderland now, where you look at youth and there's excitement. There's people wanting to sign our players, and you're seeing who we're bringing through. There's excitement to it. But then. The club's end goal is to be in the Premier League, but then once we're there, like, what what's then? the point? Like, I don't understand now. Like, as a club, other than just mm-hmm. something to do on a Saturday, that's what football's going to be for anybody outside of the top six. Like, that's, that's what you think. Like, a club like say, I don't know, Crystal Palace. Mm. Right? They might, they might have a fear of relegation, but say they don't, and they're just a mid-table mm-hmm. Premier League, like Aston Villa or something. Mid-table mm. Premier League team all the time. Mm. Is, that, is is that what they want? What's a, and maybe a they cup, can't they a can't compete run. with the top six, top eight, or whatever. They can't. They're not going to get relegated. Is that what mm. is that what it's come to? That I want Sheffield Wednesday to be eleventh in the Premier League for the next forty-five years. Yeah. Like really. That, that that's it. That's all we can hope for when we ain't got billionaire owners, though, that are sports washing money in. 
<laughs> well, that's what it is, really. It's and it's just uh, that'll be the thing. It'll just be. <laughs> I can't see anything changing now because, like, the Saudis haven't just come for football; they've come for everything. Just yeah. look at live, uh, live golf and they're looking at the snooker. They've been looking at the snooker, and yeah. it's just it's just mad. It's mad, and it's like some some elements are good. And like you say, like I say, you can ask Man City fans, ask Newcastle fans, like Champions League title wins, Pep Guardiola coming into England, and there's, there is positives there. You'd be I'd be a liar if I said that there, there's it's all bad, mm. but like the bad outweighs the good for me, and I just. Yeah. I don't know. I think there needs. I would be... like. I'd like to. I'd like to say if we were taken over by Saudis, I would not be flippant with it. I'd be disappointed and yeah. just you'd massively be conflicted. But now I just think that's all gone now from everybody in football. And it's just like, ah, well, who cares? Right. Who cares what goes on at that side of the club? But what I do find funny is when they tweet out the the pride, the pride stuff, and it's like, yeah, yeah, sure you believe in that and yeah, well, all of that kind of thing. It's, it's to keep face, isn't it? There's a media... It's like a media front. Uh, that's all it is. But then it is like... It's, oh, I don't know. It, I know. I find it... It's awful. like... A, it's a difficult thing because in fairness, like, yeah, I ask some of my mates about it and I, I'm not asking for an answer. Yeah. Which is more frustrating because why see it? Because what what can they do? What can we do as fans? Not a lot, really. Except maybe get a points deduction somewhere <laughs> along the line and have to see where you land. I think the But it's been a different yeah. Go on, sorry, mate. I think the thing with there needs to be more financial sort of clarity and like openness with all these clubs. Like Well, ho- hopefully yeah. the stuff that Gary Neville's been kinda lobbying for with the, the, the regulations, the stuff yeah. that's being put into the Premier League, but Again, how 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 if that filters down because the Premier League's just a separate entity now. Like it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a it's a brand rather than a part of our football ins- institution. It's more I mean, just that. Then you have to think of the Premier League itself. Do they want to lose clubs that are bringing or pumping that much money into their brand? Probably not. So uh, then it all comes down to that money. It's not even football related anymore, is it? No. Really? Sky Sports, like Sky, has a lot to answer itself for. It doesn't go. Oh, yeah. but, I mean, they started this and started all of the the brand and the product and the talent across the across the ways and stuff. But do you know what? Like, it's been a tough podcast, this Matt. I never intended it to be, but you know who's to blame at the end of the day? Taylor Swift. Taylor fucking Swift. <laughs> it's all her fault. And also, but. I wanted to give a shout to any people need to pay attention to the thing that's happening at South End at the moment. I don't know if you've heard any of this. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen a lot of the uh, pictures and, and stuff we're talking about clubs not having any money and going under and having bad owners. Like literally, South End United is like they probably had some of the worst. They probably do have one of the worst owners in football, mm. and it's sad. It's tough. They, like... It's really sad, and I think. Their debts are only what two hundred and seventy-five grand tax bill, mm-hmm. and you think like that's nothing for football in footballing terms, but that could be it. They could it could be the end of them by the end of August. So, hundred and seventeen <laughs> years old. They had to cancel one of their friendlies the other day because they didn't have enough players. Can't sign any players. I just think that was a. 
like I was a come to that, you know. Like hopefully hopefully something will be done, but like that's where the EFL should be stepping in. Well then that's what that's what they should be there for. Ah well sorry, you know you know what I mean it should have been before we even got to this point, it yeah. should have been something should have been Long done. They should have stepped in. Yeah, yeah. Long before this, but I think the EFL just wanted, like I said earlier, I think they just wanted rid of them. <laughs> to be honest. But again, I haven't seen anything to the contrary, mate. But yeah. With that being said, in a nice way to end the podcast, in the theme of it, another punch in the gut. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, right. fingers crossed for Southend. Hopefully, they do start the season and stuff, though. Well, fingers crossed for me and Taylor Swift as well, right? Yeah, and you and Taylor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, we'll we'll plan a lighter one next week, but I, th- I feel like this has been brewing for a little while. The let yeah. some of that anger out. So, thank think, you for listening. I think maybe <laughs> I think maybe for the next week's one, we'll we'll do our early predictions for maybe the EFL and then touch on the Premier League. I think that's probably a good <laughs> shout, isn't it? Early predictions. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Early predictions and see I'm how wrong we get. to get his finger out and actually make some predictions. So. Yeah. I'm more of a finger pointer in it. Like, I'm a reactor. You're more methodical in, in your ways. I just go, no, this. <laughs> but yeah, but again, mate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, you for did. listening. It was rant about my life and football. <laughs> and uh, thank you, anybody, for listening to this. And uh, yeah, just hope you have a good week. And we will catch you next week. Indeed, we will. Take care, guys. Take care, bye. Bye, bye.